I'm young. And I'm adult. And you're listening to Young Adult. I stride in the room all young and hip. Going to be covering Brian Sanderson's first Mistborn novel. <laughs> Whatever, Brandon. <laughs> Look, it's a B name. That's what matters. Yeah, his first novel. Uh, I think. <laughs> Mistborn. I think it's the final. I think it's, but I think it's it's his first novel as well, is it? It is not. Elantris was his first novel. Okay, so Mistborn we're recovering some sort of book. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it contains words. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, 217,000 of them. Okay, that's a lot of words, but uh, I've read longer. So, uh, as, as of recording, we've both just read the prologue, although we do have some idea as to the plot. I probably know more. He probably does. Uh, the, the, my, my age is not bringing wisdom in, in, this, in this particular matter. But but I do know some basics. So as as I, I understand that this is a series that's very well known for its comp- not necessarily very complicated but very well put together magic system mm. uh, based around the, the power of metals. They a, a lot like Avatar: The Last Airbender. You've got different types of people have diff- in some way have different metal based powers, but rather than being to control that metal, it's if they use that metal in order to get superpowers. Get, yeah, to get to gain a specific power. Uh, and I, again, as an avatar, there's some, there's some kind of chosen one who has access to all of them. Uh, I, I knew I knew that going in. Uh, the titular Mistborn. Um, it's about all I know. The 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 one other thing I know is, uh, and this is sort of pretty much revealed in, in this prologue as well, that there's somebody called the Lord Ruler. Uh, I vaguely heard that he was, there was some extremely powerful figure. I don't, I'm not sure if he's the previous person to be a Mistborn, or if he's gaining his power from some other way, but uh, he's clearly very powerful. I, I already know that this isn't just a front he's putting on. He is, in fact, extremely powerful, or at least I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, the only thing I knew going in was that the premise was based around the kind of poverty-riddled world that had been taken over a thousand years ago by this Lord Ruler, and that the kind of chosen one, the prophesied chosen one, had failed to defeat him, and that now he had taken over the world and everything sucked. Now I can bring my uh, my experience to bear here a little bit in that this concept of someone having sort of conquered the world it reminds me strongly of the Aragon series, which also has has our our young hero you know re- rediscovering the power that allowed the bad guy to take over the world, power of dragons. Uh, there's there's more to it than that, obviously, but I have not read Aragon. Uh, I, I I I I get the vibe. That there's there's definitely going to be some parallels there. Okay, so having explained what little we know about the series, the fir- very first page of any book is of course the cover. It's definitely what a cover is, right? It's a page. So let's describe the cover of uh, at least your copy. Well, I, I read an, an ebook because kids these days 
don't understand technology. <laughs> Shut up. This, this young in here uh, read, read a physical book. So, it's... Well, the edition I have is illustrated by Sam Green, cover designed by Thomas Almeida. And, well, it's really nice, I think. Uh, it's quite nice. How would you describe it? It's kind of... Well, it's got those sort of geometric shapes around the edge that a lot of books have. Uh, in this case, there is, it's metallic blue, which I assume is so, in some way tying into the metal and mist themes. And we've got some some squiggles that look like they, it's not it's not quite paint, it's not quite cloth. I'm not sure what it is. Probably digital, uh, which I, again presumably represents the mist. Yeah. Um, very swirly. We've got a a, a city. We've got a, a mysterious little figure in the middle in a, a, a hood and cloak with... Might have, looks like he might have a knife in his hand. Which could be anyone. We haven't met enough characters to know yet. Could be Kelsier, the only character we've really met so yeah. far. I, 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 I suspect that that's our protagonist, but might well not be. Uh, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's quite, quite a nice book. And I, I should say that the, the whole thing is, is white with... Uh, just very muted blue and grey. Yeah, the city is grey, and then the what we think might be the mist is kind of a blue colour, with the figure being grey and white again. Okay, we should probably stop judging a book by its cover and actually open it. Um, I've got to be honest, I didn't look at the maps. So there are maps right at the beginning of various mysterious places. We've got the a map of the Final Empire, which is that I'm now seeing... Actually... It's not. It's not covering the entire world as I had assumed. It's actually just a, a an area. It's like seeing a globe, but only seeing one side of it. Even then, honestly, it doesn't even look like a whole globe. It. It. it I mean, it's it's hard to judge these things, but to me, it really only looks like it's the size of maybe it's a small in the Roman Empire, I would say. Just. Just. I mean, it's 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 hard to judge scales in these things, but yeah, it could just be like one country or something. And we've also got a map of Lucidel, which I believe is the capital city. Seems like it from hints we get in the prologue. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and both of these are decorated with various sort of sigils, which are also showing up in the chapter headings. It's not really clear what they are. And, and, and interestingly, in this, in this second map, it's actually got what looks like a compass, but, but with the sigils on it. I don't know what to do with that. Oh, that almost certainly ties into the magic system somehow. Probably. Yeah. So, once you get past all of the very nice maps and, and the and skipping over the acknowledgements and so on, because I I just, I again, I didn't really read. I don't think that's important to read. The maps are designed by an Isaac Stewart. If anyone cares, and they're they're good. They're pretty good maps. Like they're professionally done. Yeah. And before the prologue starts, there's a little kind of snippet that kind of in italics, which we don't really know anything about, but it talks about uh, something like it seems to be from the perspective of the chosen one that we talked about earlier. It, 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 it describes itself as from the perspective of some kind of chosen one. The thought occurs to me as we say this, this could totally be from the Lord Ruler's perspective. You think? It, it, it easily could be. Um, um, if 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 we're going to be following, well, okay, actually, do you, do you know the name of the protagonist? I think the protagonist is going to be a character called Vin. 
That's interesting because I had assumed that the protagonist was going to be Kelsier. This Kelsier guy, that he seems to be the chosen one. Um, uh, from what I know, uh, I think I know anyway. Uh, this book, Final Empire, does follow a street urchin called Vin, who is picked up by uh, a group of rebels. Kelsier, I think, being the leader. Ah, that, that's, they, that's interesting. So he's more of the mentor figure. That's what I think. Or something like that. Something I did different. think it was rather strange that, while it's, it's not mostly from his, it's not all from his perspective, this intro does very much focus on someone who seems like the main character, or at least a potential main character. Yeah. Uh, which is which is structurally a little interesting, uh, but it, uh, it, it's it's still it's still titled as a prologue. I have no idea whether this is multi perspective or not. Well, the prologue is. Yeah, but I I mean other than that, I don't know if the main body of the book is multi perspective or anything. So. Yeah, the, this prologue actually jumps around between. Perspectives. Uh, well, it jumps around between at least at least three perspectives. So, but our first our first perspective here is Lord Tresting. <laughs> Uh, which, I mean, Lord Tresting is evil. There's, he's he's not a, he's not even ambiguously evil. He's he's just absolutely disgusting, monstrous. Uh, he is immediately made out to be pretty detestable. Yeah, he's sitting around discussing how to abuse his slaves. Generally, being awful. Yeah, his slaves are called the Ska. Yeah, the Ska. I I. I really hope I really hope we're not going to have that word repeated twenty times on every single page. I suspect we might. It's a bit annoying. It's it's a little jarring. I mean, it, I, w- I would probably have preferred if they just said serfs or something, but world building and stuff. Yeah, to be fair, I don't know what scat are. I mean, I I infer that they're human. Yeah. I infer that the, the our box man here is also human, but. They're not actually. There's no actual description of what differentiates a ska. Yeah, it's confusing because they were talking about uh, steel inquisitors as inhuman, which kind of infers that they are human. Does that make sense? That's true, but to be although to be fair, inhuman, you know, you you can't, you can't modify every single word. I I, I wouldn't yeah, necessarily. That's true. You know, it, it could be that, that, that they're actually all giant spiders, and he's he's thinking they're on spider, but it's translated for us. I don't think that's the case, though. Um, yeah. Brandon Sanderson is famed for his uh, impressive world-building. Uh, but I'd imagine if it is repeated, the word ska, we'll have to get used to it, because there are six novels uh, in the Mistborn series. It is split into Era 1, uh, the original trilogy, and Era 2, which is the fourth book, I think, is coming out. For all we know, this this differentiation between Ska and whatever non-Ska are called will be abolished by the end of this book. So, for that matter, for all we know, they don't even have Ska outside of this region or something. Well, they do talk about having Scott in the capital city of Lutherdale. That's true, where I suspect a lot of this book is going to be set, since they have a map of it, but we don't actually know that. That is how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, Lutherdale, probably. There is no pronunciation guide, but... Yeah, if, well, if our, if our hero is going to be a street urchin, we're probably going to have a cheese in this city. 
Yeah. Like that seems like the most likely place to have the street urchin. So, after we have this conversation between lure testing, trusting, trusting, and the obligator, uh, we cut to a different. Would you say it's Kelsey's perspective? I'm not sure, but the but the, we we're skipping over a little bit of this conversation, which is it it establishes basically. What's going on with these ga in the sense that they're slaves. They're slaves. They're being beaten to death. Uh, being raped. That's made very explicit. Very immediately. Uh, uh, yeah, that is the obvious thing that makes you hate Lord's trusting over everything else. Which we get in the, the very few pages we meet him. A very hateable character. Yes, and we're introduced to this concept which uh, by the end of the prologue we learn is probably somewhat important that the reason why it's so important that he's raping these slaves is that if there was to be a child it might be important in some way uh, and he's required to kill the slaves immediately in order to, I'm not going to say ska I'm sorry uh, <laughs> he's ordered to kill these ska immediately in order to prevent um, in order to make sure he doesn't, we, he, doesn't, he doesn't know, to be fair, he doesn't seem to, he, we don't actually know why, why he thinks he's supposed to kill them, but we will learn by the end of this prologue that if, if he didn't kill them, it might lead to someone with special powers. Which would, I suppose, suggest that he is, I don't know, well, I don't know what you call them, alamancers, maybe? The people yeah, with the powers of Al- the metal. Be, if, if, it's called, if it's called alamancy, then the person who has it was an alamancer. Yeah. Kind of. yeah, considering this was pitched as a young adult book, I was a little surprised by the immediate rape. Uh, but it, I mean, we don't actually see happen or anything like that. But and it's, it's not. It it's still, never named. It is still made. I mean, they, they don't it's use the word clear. rape, but which I, I keep using. <laughs> that's, what, that's what. But that's that's what's being very, very clearly described. That that's what's happening. He's you know he's he's taking these he's taking these girls away and then he's killing them to make sure that that they don't have a child. That's. There's, there's no ambiguity in the slightest. Yeah. Um, it seems like, though he is Lord Trusting, this obligator guy is above him. Uh, as a priest, they call him a priest. Yes, they call him a priest, they call him a bureaucrat. Uh, they talk about how he works for the God King. The Lord Ruler. The Lord Ruler. Brandon Sanderson. No, that's... <laughs> um, Although that that does uh that does show why people call Brandon Sanderson the the Lord Ruler of Fantasy. That is a title he gets from other fantasy authors and people in the fantasy community. <laughs> I uh, yeah, that's the first thing that jumped to mind when I read the word Lord Ruler. It's funny. I I, I haven't heard people call him that, but I I can I can believe it. He's a pretty pretty big name. Yeah. Definitely ruling fantasy with his Stormlight archives and yeah, I mean that's all. That's all, but that's all straight out of ripped rip, rip from the pages of history that you have. You know, a place with slaves, and you've got the, the you've got some kind of god king, and his his priests carry considerable political power. And we may as well, well, actually, I'll I'll, I'll save that this the topic of historical accuracy for a little bit later when we cover more of the chapter. Uh, I, I it seemed. 
I'm not going to say it's unrealistic for people to be treating their slaves this way because it's not and necessarily, it is a world, right? but they're treat. But it is remarkable how badly these slaves are treated. It's 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 made clear that if they get to when if they're ever if a single a single day of they're too old or sick to work, they're instantly executed. Uh, they're being constantly beaten for little or no reason. Um, which again, I mean that's it's definitely a thing that happens, but they're, later, they're, they're very open about the fact that it's for no reason. Later, uh, this Kelsher character that we meet describes uh, a scab being killed for blinking inappropriately. Yeah. Beaten, beaten, sorry, for being... for blinking my, inappropriately. My instinct is that a human is generally quite a valuable piece of property. So, killing, killing them that casually seems a little questionable in terms of realism to me. Um, yeah, well, it's hard to be sure as of yet. But uh, that definitely brings us to the end of the Lord trusting part of the prologue and to move on to the Kelsier section, which is kind of the latter. Uh, yeah, so Kelsier is the protagonist. I, I mean, apparently he's not going to be the protagonist of the whole book, but he feels like a very standard fantasy protagonist type. He's our, a heroic rebel fighting the system. He's got some sort of unique powers, which we only see a very small bit of. Uh, yeah, we are, it is made clear that he has Alamancy. Talk about him burning tin. Yes, I, I got the impression that he is a mistborn. He has the power. He, I believe it's mentioned that he has multiple metals within him. Yeah. Stored in, stored in his stomach, which is an odd detail. I mean, apparently that's how it works, but it, it is it is an odd detail nonetheless. Yeah. So this Kelster guy, uh, for one, unlike the Ska, who are deeply afraid of these mists that come in during the night, uh, which apparently contain mist rates. Well, they say they contain mist rates. I I think we're supposed to read that as superstition. I'm not sure. He, he, well, he he talks about how if if you know if if only they knew that the mists are actually great, and be, given given yeah. that he's I I think or at least we know that there will be someone called a mistborn who is a heroic superpowered person. That's probably what he's referring to. The mists yeah. do have some sort of supernatural qualities, but they're actually positive. So this coaster guy is unperturbed by the mist. Completely. Oh, I just realized we forgot to mention a fairly important setting detail, which is that the whole place is in a state of sort of volcanic slash nuclear winter with constant ash oh, yeah. rain from the sky. The sun is, is, is red because of the dust in the air. Uh, the crops are withered, shriveled, and because dying. of the, the lack of sunlight. And it's been this way for a long time as well. A thousand years. I don't, do they say it's specifically been a thousand years? I, um, I, I, I believe you that that's the case, but... I don't think they actually. I don't think they say that in this chapter. I might be wrong. You might have. I might have. I might have missed that. Something about a thousand years. Uh, okay. Well, it might just be said a long time ago. But from what I know, it's a thousand years that the Lord Ruler has been ruling. Yeah, which gives me my my instinct is that a the world is like this because of the Lord Ruler. I mean that seems obvious. Even it's probably the case. Which, given how powerful people seem to think he is, and given that I know from spoilers that he is quite powerful, he feels like an evil Superman-type figure, like you would see in something like Injustice. I, I, get, I get the vibe that he's just single-handedly so powerful that he 
destroyed whole cities with his bare hands, raised, you know, or you know, with by shooting lasers or whatever. You know that he he is personally responsible with like physically he is the one who has done this. Uh, that's just my that's just an impression, but that's I, we'll call that a prediction. That's that's our first prediction. Put it on the prediction list, which we will definitely maintain. Yes, um, I, I, I I plan to maintain them. A prediction list. Getting back to here, he enters into one of the ska hovels, which is where they sleep and eat in terrible conditions. They sleep on the floors. They live off, literally, just live off broth. Yes, that I, I, that's another detail that really rubs me the wrong way, realism-wise. I don't actually know that much about peasant food or slave food historically, but it, we're specifically told that they literally never eat anything but soup, ever. It it seems to actually be illegal. Now, there is, I think, historical precedent for certain foods being restricted to the nobility. That's definitely realistic. But the the fact that the only food that the slaves are allowed to eat is soup seems really weird to me. That now soup soup is soup is a broad category, I suppose, technically, but did anyone ever live on just soup their entire lives? Uh could you do it, I suppose? Why are they required to do it? seems like a strange requirement to impose. Now, it's quite possible that soup is actually the only thing suppressing their abilities, but they're actually all super-powered gods that could destroy the Lord Ruler in a moment if they just laid off the soup for long enough, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I doubt that somehow. I mean, I suppose it's possible if someone could be slipping something into all their soup. Well, but I, but I doubt it. I just realized we, we didn't mention, because it almost seems unimportant when it happens, but back to the Lord testing part. I keep saying testing. Anyway, back to the Lord trusting part. Uh, he is surprised and a bit uh, nervous because the obligator is there when a ska looks him in the eye and smiles. We later find out that this is Kelsier, uh, who is not a ska. He's a traveler. I assume that he was ethnically a ska. He just had escaped. I, I'm not. I'm not actually sure what the distinction is. Yes. Well, they call him the survivor uh, because he survived the pit, which is not really delved into. But he has horrible scars all over his body. Are they all over his body or just on his hands? I think they, it's they, we, we keep, we keep getting the mention on his hands, but they um, might. That might just be the only part that's visible. Well, the way the scars are described, they remind me of Ghastly from Scullery Pleasant. Don't know how many people have read that that are listening to this, but that's that's what I thought of. It's funny. I initially assumed that they were to do with his magical powers. Uh, clearly, that's not the case. But it, it well, I'm, in, except in the sense that they represent him surviving some deadly scenario, which they call the pit. And yeah, they say he is known uh, by the ska as the survivor, and when you get to the end of the prologue and you start part one, uh, it is called the Survivor of Hapsom, if I'm pronouncing that right. Which definitely supports the theory that we're going to be seeing more of him, which I suppose should also be going on the theory list. <sighs> more of Kel- Yeah, he does disappear at the end of the prologue, just completely. Um, I'm typing the, the theory list as, as, as we say this, so that no one will be able to wriggle out of their... Pr- Terrible predictions. When next chapter, 
Kels- we, we, we see Kelster's dead body, and uh, someone goes, "Oh my gosh, he was the Lord Ruler all along." And yeah. they see his they see his face, and they, the Lord Ruler is dead, and that's the that ushers in a new age of the Ska. The Ska will be the new rulers. Everyone yeah. will say Ska every five minutes. Somehow that's definitely wrong. <laughs> um, but anyway, Kelsier is with the Ska in their hovels, talking to their leader, Tepper, uh, about rebellion. Tepper is a man in his 40s, a Ska in his 40s. Which is exceptionally old for a Ska. Well, no, that's that's metal. Oh, oh, sorry, my apologies. I read this like an hour ago, so it's slightly fresher in my mind. Uh, So... Kelsier is there I, talking I they, I think they do about say, rebellion. I think they do still say that he's a, a little... He's on the old side for a Ska. They actually... Even, he, even him. On the contrary, they call him a bit young to be an elder Ska. Okay, well that, that's good then. Uh, that that shows that they have... They're, they're not falling into the trap of misunderstanding how life expectancy works. Yeah. So, Tepper is outraged by Kelsier's presence, really. And is not happy with him being there. He's very worried that Kelsier will lead the Skaz into a rebellion which will get them all killed. Which is kind of interesting because, because it seems like they're dying off constantly anyway. Yes, well, there's there's two there's two angles there. One is just, it's better better to, 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 be, to live a slave than die free. That is, which is a menace's word. A historically yeah. common perspective. Um, there's also, again, the evil Superman vibe that I've been getting. It, it seems like a big part of why they're so afraid is, it seems like there's some, we're specifically told some sort of inhuman enemies that, that can be called down on the Lord, the Lord Ruler's orders, and presumably just murder everyone. very just easily murder everyone well let me put it this way we see in this chapter that Kelsier who's probably going to be one of the, the main heroes even though he's not the protagonist himself is able to easily slaughter an entire castle full of people yeah full of soldiers with his bare hands so for but there to be any th- with a knife <laughs> for there to be any threat at all in this book I assume we're going to have a lot of magical enemies I hope. This is an odd chapter that it doesn't actually give me that impression that the heroes are in that bad of a situation. Um, most of, mo- Admittedly, some of the reason why I'm bigging up the Lord Ruler is just that I assume he must be very powerful, because this chapter makes our heroes seem like they're incredibly powerful. Yeah. Kelsier is this slick, kind of confident rebel who is completely unworried by anything, any of the worries the Skaz have. He pushes them all to the side and, well, endangers them at the end, completely disregarding their lives, kind of. Yeah, he just, he, he kills their masters despite knowing, in, in fact, because he knows that this will bring down a collective punishment on them and they'll have no choice but to join him rather than let themselves be killed, which is, is, is funny. There's, there's an old old Chinese story. I think it's a true story. I couldn't necessarily prove that. Basically, uh, two, two men are, on, are riding 
to visit the emperor. You know, they're they're soldiers, I believe, in some capacity, like, like high-ranking soldiers. And they say, "My goodness, I just realized we're we're late. What's the penalty for being late to re to reach the emperor? Death. What's the penalty for rebellion? Also death." And that's how the rebellion started that overthrew that particular emperor. Uh, moral being, if you punish everything with death, it doesn't leave you much room to escalate. Fair, I guess. Uh, well, although, as you know, as, as you said, they were punishing everything with beatings and death. Yeah, they were already, the punishments were already so harsh that they didn't have much to lose. So, this, is, this isn't that much of an escalation. But, which is what I was saying about. It, but, but but you're right. It it does it does cast these rebels in a somewhat it's a very cynical light. Yeah, they aren't nice. I, I no. To to be fair, he seems nice enough when we see stuff from his perspective. He doesn't do it. He he's certainly a lot less mustache twirlingly evil than the other side. The nicest thing, I mean, he is being a hero in this chapter while also being a jerk at the same time. Which is fair. I mean, everyone's being a jerk to him, but that's because he is endangering their lives with his very presence. He gives them food, which he stole from Lord Trusting's pantry at one point. Which is where we find out that they eat nothing but soup. Can't find them, there's only soup. What do you mean there's only soup? It means there's only soup. Well then get out of the soup aisle! Alright, you don't have to shout at me! Which... Makes me feel sad for them. <laughs> uh, but he, he brings them bread and fruit and they are just shocked by how fancy the food is. Yes, bread is an incredibly fancy food in this world, apparently. He does describe them as fine breads, which maybe they have bread. Not no, they don't have bread because they only eat soup. There's more soup. What do you mean there's more soup? There's just more soup. Go into the next aisle. There's still soup. Where are you right now? And that's soup. Yeah, but they have. We, it's never said that they literally only eat. Soup. I think it's. I think it actually pretty much is said that they only eat soup. But that doesn't mean they, you know, don't have anything to accompany. Like, I'm, I'm playing up the soup thing, but not by a lot. Uh, we, can, we, can, we can pull up the, the exact quote, but... At first, Tepper is not happy that he has brought, uh, was stolen, the food. But then everyone eats it because it's food. Well, yeah, he, there's, there's a, a gag where he says, you better help me hide the evidence then, or you'll all be in trouble again. Which I suppose is actually foreshadowing the fact that he uses the collective punishment against them. Against everyone, really. When that happens, uh, as everyone is eating, Kelsier sits down and starts talking to the old man, uh, who is name is Menace, which is a funny name for a character who is well, everything but a menace, really. It's just kind of the old sick guy. Who ends up leading the Ska to the caves. Uh, 
after Kelsier. Yes, he's so old, we're told that he every every day he considers not getting up, even though he knows that at the moment, that any day he doesn't get up to work, he'll be instantly killed. But he's he's so old and tired that he still considers it every day. Um, really, during that kind of brief conversation with Menace, all we find out is about a little backstory for Kelsier's scars, which is that he was he survived the pit, which is a rare thing to survive the pit, uh, apparently. And we hear more of their the scar superstitions about the mists and about the Lord Ruler. Okay, I have to interrupt here. I've looked up the quote. I'm going to read it out here, uh, live on air. However, this was a people who had been fed on nothing but soup and gruel, <laughs> and gruel since they were children. To them, breads and fruits were rare delicacies. So, uh, oh. now, uh, I'll, I'll literally continue. Usually eaten only as aging discards brought down by the house servants. So they have actually uh-huh. encountered bread, but only stale bread, and only only occasionally. I said it. Uh, they, 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 they do, in fact, live on nothing but soup. <laughs> and gruel, which is <laughs> Which is a form of soup. It's basically soup. It's, I mean, porridge is basically soup. Not really, but okay. <laughs> it's not even really oat soup, but at any rate, well, gruel, gruel is it's like a very thin porridge, so it's like a it's like an oatmeal soup, basically. During this conversation with Menace, there is a scream from the distance, which is the young girl being dragged away to Lord Trusting. Yeah, they keep they keep they call her young repeatedly. We don't get an age. I think I think she I, I think she's supposed to be fourteen. I oh, they, oh, we do get an age. I thought she, I thought they said fourteen. They might have actually. Uh, I could be wrong. Cause I, I, it, the vibe is definitely that she's a teenager. At any rate, uh, all the scads just kind of look at the look at their feet. Uh, you know, say there's nothing that can be done. Whereas Kelsier is very rightly outraged. And this is where we find out that he uh, has these powers uh, in the lines, Kelsier burned tin, which is... Yes, yeah, so our, first, our first display of magic. Uh, this specific magic doesn't actually seem that powerful. Uh, it, it enhances his senses. Yes. Um, from what we know, different metals give you different... Powers. I think you can combine burning metals if you're a Mistborn, or I'm not 100 percent sure how that works. Yeah, but well, at any rate, we're, we're told that the tin sat with other alimenting metals within his stomach, swallowed earlier, waiting for him to draw upon them. So the vibe I'm getting from this is that all alimenters eat metal. It's possible that he's just concealing it there for stealth. Not everyone eats soup. And other people. <laughs> uh, but yes, this, this is, that's why it's forbidden. It's so they will never accidentally eat a piece of metal instead of their soup. And they'll, and they'll discover their powers. Yes. I, I told you, the soup is what's suppressing their powers. It'll be interesting if they can burn it on touch and he's just hiding it in his stomach. That would be a clever tactic. I'm not sure if that's the case. But it's, well, tin. Regardless, we know, we, regardless, we're told metals. So this is... We know we know this guy has other options besides burning tin, which seems like a very low level power. And from my spoilery understanding, I think means that he is the chosen one, but I'm not totally sure about that. 
who knows? Uh, at any rate, Tin gives them enhanced senses, sharper hearing, where he picks out where this girl is and disappears, basically, off into the mist, something that the scaff wouldn't do because they're very superstitious. Uh, he, he disappears, uh, ignoring uh, the scaff warnings, and we cut to a chapter break. He we, he also thinks to himself uh, about the whole thing about half-breed children being banned. Oh, wow. um, or rather that it or well, it's actually not as I said, it's not entirely clear how this system works. Only that the int- we know we know we know that the intent of it is to prevent half-breed children because they might have special powers. Um, well, I don't think that's suggest- supposed to be common knowledge, though. Does that mean I think Lord Trusting has elemented powers. As I said, it's it's not clear. Yeah, it's not particularly. They might possess clear. powers that Scav weren't even supposed to know existed. So the very the very existence of magic is a secret. Yeah. Which I suppose that might be the difference between Scav and non-Scav. That magic and yeah, non-magic. That, that yeah, uh, it, it's 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 possible that it might be I, all nobility in this world are Alamancers. I we don't figured that Scav were just slaves. Honestly, and that, but maybe they're muggles. It's muggles. It's but. entirely possible. We're living. This is a world unless every, where Voldemort has enslaved all the muggles. Unless everyone is a muggle, apart if all the apart from slaves, a small minority. What is what a strange and unusual concept in a young adult novel. Well, yeah, but if all the normal people were slaves, I don't know how that would work, really. But because I mean, I don't know how city would work. In that case, I mean, they're just... Well, we know they have slaves in the city, too. Yeah, it's very... I mean, this is early on, so we're not 100% sure about everything. But at any rate, we cut to Menace, uh, old man Menace, considering death as he wakes up in the morning. Well, he doesn't actually wake up. He kind of wasn't able to get to sleep because he's so old. Yeah, he's, he's seriously... And he's seriously contemplating suicide by cop. But, in fact... He wakes up to discover that the world has become a little bit stranger because he smells smoke. Yes. Uh, and on leaving the Ska hovel with no mention of... I mean, I imagine this is just skipped over. I don't know. But there is no mention of breakfast or washing or anything. So I'm not sure if that's just how bad conditions are for this guy. It's entirely possible considering what we've seen so far. I should note that the, the text actually does take take a moment to clarify that everything always smells of smoke because it's constantly raining ashes. This is just an unusual, yeah. slightly different smell of smoke that he picks up on. And on congregating with the rest of the sky, Menace sees the girl that was supposed to have been taken uh, who is crying uh, with her mother and then he looks up to see a tendril of smoke curling up from Lord Trusting's manor house, which nobody else seems to see uh, for a moment or two. Yes, or well, not, he's, not, he's, not he's old, so he has a higher wisdom score than everybody else. Uh, he's uh, just like me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's how I was able to notice the soup thing, and you weren't. Um, I, mean, I noticed the soup thing. I just also noticed the bit about stale breads and brought that up. Uh... 
so, at any rate, uh, the girl, Jess, uh, is there with her mother, talking about how Kelsier saved her from Lord Trusting, uh, the disgusting guy. She, apparently, Kelsier came in, uh, off screen, so once he disappears, we don't see him again. Uh, after that last five pages of the prologue. Um, he went in, he killed apparently two dozen uh, soldiers, as well as everyone else, of, I guess, the bad guys, in... It's described as a manor. In my mind it was going to be a castle, but it was described as a manor house. That's so. true, I was totally picturing a castle. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what the, de- what the formal definition of a manor is. Maybe a castle's count. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure either. I mean, a manor might just mean, like, an estate, which could include a castle, so... I have a feeling I've heard small castles referred to as manor houses, but regardless... Yeah, it, it does, it does it, seem it, like... It, it, he's clearly not a, a major figure. He's, a, he's, a, he's clearly a minor lord. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was thinking, too. Uh, so, that's kind of it. Uh, after that, Menace talks to uh, Tepper, I think his name is. Uh, he's very confused about how Kelsier could possibly have done this. He doesn't see how it could have been him on his own. He thinks he may. He, su- he suggests it was a band of rebels, which I think we're, we're supposed to assume is false, although if the story is actually going to follow a band of rebels, it's possible he did actually have allies waiting, and he's not as powerful as this makes him sound. Yeah, it's hard to know, really. I mean, if it, if I suggested he has other yeah, methods, I mean, he, he could have done anything. He really. seems very cavalier in this whole chapter. He doesn't seem afraid, um, which which leads me to to think that he's he's very powerful. Yeah. Uh, but but as you say, we don't actually know what his powers are. Only that somehow he killed all these men, or all these men died. We don't even technically know it was him. Yeah, and he burned down the manor, saved the girl, and disappeared. And Menace talks to the leader guy of the, the Ska. That's the Tepper guy. I think that's his name. And anyway, he talks to this Tepper guy and suggests that they have to flee to caves in the east, where apparently other rebel Ska are hiding. Because Kelsier has forced their hand into fleeing, because otherwise the Lord Ruler will send something, <laughs> his minions, after them and kill them, it seems. That's what I suggested. Yeah, oh, de- that definitely seems to be the case. It's interesting that they know where the rebel camp is. <laughs> the just not very secure. Yeah, of course it might just be Menace, who is old and wise, unlike you. <laughs> he's certainly <laughs> I'm plenty old and wise, thank you very much. But he's well, I'm I'm adult anyway. I'm 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 not quite getting old yet. Uh <laughs> old old is another character. We might see old on, on another episode. Yeah. So uh what did you think of this chapter? Young. Uh well, adult. <laughs> I quite liked it, I think. Um not quite enough for me to judge whether it's lived up to the 
insane hype around Mistborn. Like, there is a lot of hype around it's, Mistborn. It's definitely a pretty intense reputation this book has. It's, it's going to be hard for it to live up to the praise people sing of it, but yeah. maybe it does. I'm, I'm, well, I was definitely interested in the characters and the world, and I do want to learn more about this infamous magic system that everyone's heard of in the fantasy community. Everyone knows about the, the Alamancy thing from Mistborn and how it's supposed to be Sanderson's... I think it's supposed to be his best magic system. Uh, it certainly gets brought up as a sort of a perfect magic system that everybody loves. A perfect card magic system. True, but I'm, well, I will. It, the fact that it's a system makes it hard, really. That's what <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. But, it, you know, this describes it. Well, Sanderson's obviously kind of tried to define more with Sanderson's laws of magic, uh, soft and hard, kind of define them a little bit more. Yeah, and they kind of he, he definitely made the, the term more popular, I think. I'll confess, it felt a little generic to me, which isn't, I mean, as you say, it's just a prologue, and I've read, I've read a lot of fantasy. So that's probably not super fair. But it is. It, 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 the, the fact that it didn't blow my mind instantly, <laughs> when it's got such a reputation, perhaps it does, does make me feel a little skeptical towards the book. Well, perhaps I didn't before. it's because I haven't read as much fantasy. Although, I mean, I'm not, you know, unread in the genre. I've read... So, not, not a total novice. I've read, I've read a couple series. A, but this is the kind of... This is the first step into popular, more popular fantasy, more well-known. Uh, it is, Mistborn is supposed to be the best place to start with Sanderson, uh, which I, I mean, I'm liking it already. Uh, picked up on a couple interesting things, like the Lord Ruler thing, and the, uh, well, Kelsier character, definitely, I'm interested in. Although, I kind of hope he's not the protagonist, because he's a bit annoying. He's interesting, and he seems like he's probably going to be cool and awesome, but he's annoying that I feel like I get annoyed reading a yeah, 200,000 I must admit, the, the, word. the first thing that's made well, me sort of sit up and take notice is hearing from you, oh, he's not going to be the protagonist. We're, we're gonna, it's going to be somebody else who's just near him that's the protagonist. Yeah. Uh... The, the, the talk about it, uh, a street urchin... Vin, I think her name is. That definitely sounds more appealing to me. Um, I'd actually... I'd heard about Vin, and I'd heard about Kelsier, because Brandon Sanderson is friends with the guy who designed Fortnite, or a high-up guy in Fortnite, uh, who, one time, they were just sitting playing video games uh, recently, and this guy from Fortnite was like, Hey, Brandon, can I put Kelsier into Fortnite? And so Kelsier is coming to Fortnite. Huh. Uh, and I actually thought that he was from Era 2. I didn't realize Kelsier was from Era 1 of this one. I'm glad we have you to provide the Fortnite perspective on this. Uh. <laughs> I just, just... Just just, me saying that that's why... I, another reason why I think he's probably that a cool character. kind of bizarre, but I kind of love it. I've got to admit that's... If 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 there's gotta if we gotta have these weird Fortnite crossovers, 
I think I would rather it be from a, from a freaking fantasy novel than, like, the MCU or whatever. Yeah. Again, we don't know... Well, I mean, we don't play Fortnite, so... It doesn't really matter that much to us. But I think that's cool. Just as a thing, like, just, like... Definitely good marketing thing for Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm saying you're providing the Fortnite perspective, but you're not a total stereotype. You don't actually play Fortnite. Sure. I don't like Fortnite. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I, I, and, and I'm not a total stereotype either. I have tried it. I didn't particularly care for it. It wasn't that bad necessarily. In fairness, and this is stereotypical. My main objection was just that I'm no good at it and couldn't be bothered to learn. I mean, we'll see if or how we think it, uh, this one final empire lives up to the hype. But for now, we've only read the prologue. <laughs> we've read fifteen pages out of a six hundred and forty-seven. No, plus plus the maps. That's that's two pages, of, or at least a maps. Yeah, but the prologue starts on page zero, so it doesn't count. But they're pages. Yeah, they're pages. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gotta be honest. I wish it had like a what do you call them, like chapter page. That's not the right word. Index. Yeah, wish they had this had an index because there does seem to be a lot of chapters, and there's a part one, and I skimmed through to see if there was a part two, and I could not find it. Well, Maybe my my ebook does have an index. It just goes to show that modern technology is advancing at a tremendous speed. We've now developed indexes. I mean, yeah, I prefer books with indexes of the chapters. It's funny. I don't find them that useful. <laughs> Although in this case, I I did I did find it useful to double check that I, where where the chapter was was ending. I, I was a little worried when I came to the first change in perspective that I had finished the chapter. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, geez, my my ebook isn't isn't breaking up the chapters properly." Interestingly, it's just switch perspective enough with, with just a just a normal with just a paragraph break. In my edition, but no, that happens. It just repeatedly switches perspective in the middle of the chapter. In my edition, it might just be because it's a prologue. Sorry, it seems the uh, the chapters don't like after you finish one chapter, it doesn't go onto a new page to start another one. It just continues on, which is interesting. I've never. But seen that before. It, but it at least has the big chapter heading to show you that it's a new chapter. Yes. Uh, no chapter titles, which are not important, really, but sometimes they make books more fun. Sorry, right. there's no chapter titles? I hadn't realized that. Uh, no, it's just one. And I'm going to point this out, as well as the excerpts, or not the excerpts, the, the kind of the snippet from something at the top of each chapter. Just above the number, like chapter one, there is one of those little symbols uh, that we were seeing on the map. Yes, the strange the rune, rune type things. Oh yes, I, I see. I, I, I had mistaken. It's, a, it's, a, it's got parts. It's part one, the survivor of... of, of Hafsin. Hafsin. Uh... Yeah, I couldn't find part two in the but, book. But, but, the, but the chapters that that part is broken up into don't have their own cha t chapter title. No. It's just chapter one, chapter two, so on. So, okay, I, I guess, I guess, we'll I guess wrap that wraps it up. Yeah, uh, 
prologue episode. If by the time this episode goes out, we have developed some sort of social media presence by which you can follow us, then please do so. Uh, <laughs> at time of recording, we haven't actually set anything up, so you can't you can't listen to this, and there is nowhere you can follow us. <laughs> uh, thanks anyway. Please, please imagine liking and subscribing. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and please, please write, write a review and just treasure it. Keep it to yourself. Don't don't show it to anyone. Make make sure to keep it secret. Yeah. Hide this it under is, your pillow. This is only for those Mistborn fans that care about us, us newbies, who are going to read through. Because, I mean, as you can tell from this episode, you know, we're we have no idea what we're doing reading through this. We've never touched these books before in our lives. Uh, and we know them literally only by reputation, which is why adults over here seem so intimidated. Or worried that it might not live up. Not intimidated, but worried that it might not live up to all the hype. The opposite of intimidated, really. I'm, I'm worried that yeah. it's a paper tiger. Well, I'm... Sorry. I'm kind of intimidated by the size of just the series and the Cosmere in general. Because, like, if I like this book, I'm going to get roped into... Even the first book looks books. pretty thick. I mean, this book, the first book for, is for the first book in a series. They, those tend to be shorter. Yeah, uh, it's over six hundred pages uh, in this edition. Uh, but to give you a more accurate sense scope, sense of scope, it's two hundred and seventeen thousand words. The average book is usually about a hundred thousand words. The average fantasy usually between about hundred and two hundred and fifty. But the second book, Well of Ascension is longer again. Third book is about 10,000 words shorter than Well of Ascension. And then going into Era 2, they do become much shorter. Uh, but I think everyone knows that other books in the Cosmere are very, very long, such as the Stormlight Archive books. Yes, I, I do have one of those, but I haven't started it. The, the, the sheer weight of it has managed to intimidate even me, who I... I has Red Worm and other very long <laughs> series. Yeah, it's long, just as itself. Anyway, thanks for listening to Young Adult Productions, <laughs> our read-through of Mistborn, The Final Empire. Okay, so I guess I have to speak quite loud.